Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope Bible Study Podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. Leading our study today is the senior pastor at Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? Thank you, Steve. I am glad to do this podcast podcast once again. It is an honor to be able to uh, have people that are beginning to follow and talk about what we're doing. It's, uh, it's an exciting time, and it's all about uh, blessing the Lord and putting Him on a pedestal. Yes. Amen. So, Amen. Uh, we are talking about Lesson 5, Joseph who was purposed to save his brethren. I want to expand upon that is that in that it is more about the process and the purpose of his life. Our main text, we won't read this, but our main text, if our listeners want to uh, read the background story, it's found in Genesis 37, 5 through 10. And then, of course, in Genesis 50, 19 through 21. But our focus verse that I'm going to read, Genesis 41 and 38. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And so our focus thought with regards to Joseph, we've mentioned about purpose and process. I just want everybody to know that God does have a purpose and a process for every one of our lives. And I know that I've mentioned this in the past with, uh, I believe it was Mary, the podcast, and maybe alluded to it in other podcasts. But in this case, in this story, it it comes more to home, uh, the life of Joseph. It's amazing how that it really kind of brings it to light, especially from the beginning to the end. And that's what process is. Process does a lot of different things for us. In the middle of our process, we can't understand the time frame. We can't understand why things happen. But in God's eyes, in God's working, he is allowing it to be part of the building process in us. In other words, it doesn't become a detour like we think it does. It actually sure. becomes a stepping stone. Sure, and I think a lot of that, those journeys are, are designed in that grand plan to uh, increase your trust and deepen your faith. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So God has a purpose and a process for our lives, and if we'll just keep the right spirit and continue, again, to trust in the Lord, he's going to bring it to pass. Yeah. So our outline when we – taught this at our church, we discussed God's purpose and how that it was revealed not only in Joseph's life, but how that it uh, reflected in Jacob and how that obviously how that he had got to that point to where he could be the father of these 12 sons. Jacob had favoritism and uh, towards Joseph, and Joseph had a dream. Now, we're going to start with that, but before I do... Our intro was about two Josephs, and we made a there was a dichotomy in their lives, and that as a child, one Joseph was plagued with many health issues. Uh, he was permanently scarred from smallpox at the age of seven. At the age of 12, he had a left arm that was injured in a carriage accident. It caused it to be short and stiff and not be able to be used like, like sure. normal. This Joseph also had a mother who was subjected to severe abuse by an alcoholic father. He was banished from town. And when this Joseph was 16, he even went to seminary school in Tbilisi to study for the priesthood. But instead of becoming a priest and serving the church, this Joseph, 
Joseph Stalin, discovered the writings of Marx and Lenin and became an atheist and a revolutionary. How that something happened there, and it changed his direction, his trajectory. And we know the story. We know what he did. We know the reign of terror that he did. He killed over one million people. He uh, exiled three million more to gulags and slave labor, and nearly half of them uh, had died in that. And so this Joseph, we don't know what would have happened to him, but there was something along the line that he didn't understand the positive process of his life. So we can take this other Joseph, the one that we're talking about in the Bible, and how that he endured suffering, mm-hmm. he endured betrayal, he endured rejection by the closest people in his life, his, his brother. His own family, yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't just a happening, it became emblematic of his entire life. And yet, rather than letting it destroy his future like the other Joseph, he declared, and he stood upon the declaration of a dream, that it was part of God's process to see his dream come to pass. I just want to tell everybody that's listening, trials and suffering, they're just they're not welcome. We don't like these. We we don't we shouldn't appreciate them. We shouldn't want them. You're nor you gotta be normal. I right. Mean, but instead of seeing these things as obstacles when we have the proper understanding of what God is doing, like Joseph, we can see them, as I said, as stepping stones to reach our destiny. So through it all, God had a process for Jacob, uh, or for Joseph, uh, Jacob especially as well. But but his process began to be a setup for his son. Uh, his process. Joseph's dreams caused him problems. I there may be somebody out there that while they're believing and dreaming on something big, and I don't know whether it's a professional thing or, or uh, but. Whatever kind of dream it is, what the dream that we're referencing is something akin to a spiritual happening, a God moment, as it were. A theophany. A theophany. Yeah, an, an appearance of God. Sure. And so as God performs his purpose, let's just be clear, in your dreams, in the dream process, it will be opposed by someone or something. Most likely, if it's a God dream, then it's going to be affected and opposed by not only our will, but also the gates of hell. Sure. And so we know the story, how that uh, Joseph was cast into a pit. He was sold into Egypt. He spent time in a prison. Uh, He was betrayed after he came out. Um was thrown back into prison, as I said, and then he made it to the palace to where that was finally, after years and years, yea, decades later, that his life began to actually see the fruition of a dream. And and I think that's part of the problem of my generation, Gen X. We look at the poor millennial generation that we pick <laughs> on them, and, and I believe we do, needlessly, like the generation before us, Steve, that they picked sure. on us. They did. They thought that we're always trying to fast track to success. Well, it may be a little different. Let me just defend our millennial brothers and sisters out there. They may be doing it a different way, but it doesn't mean they're trying to fast track overall the process of, of being successful. You know, but they could do it without the man button. <laughs> 
I mean, if we could leave that behind, I mean, I can accept a lot. Well, okay, all right. So, I mean, and with the that. man bun and also skinny jeans, we hate skinny jeans. Yeah, I mean, we're not taking an official church position on that. That's <laughs> no. just two guys talking. <laughs> no, but uh, every jean that I have is all skinny, just yeah. <laughs> just for the record. But Joseph believed God had a definite plan and purpose for his life, and I believe he still had that definite uh, plan and belief in that plan, even while. While he was in the pit and while he was in the prison. We measure greatness by the place of prominence a man acquires and by the social level he occupies. But sure. Joseph didn't look upon his success ratio with God by his surroundings. He did not look at the pit and the prison. I'm not saying he didn't suffer from normal feeling down and un- trying to figure out what is God doing. Why? And why? Yeah. But... It never deterred him overall. And many people tend to overlook real greatness anyways. And God had blessed him greatly in such a way he had guided his very faculty in his nature. He prepared him intellectually, morally, spiritually for the great climax of his lifetime in the end while he was in the prison or when he was in the palace. So the pit and the prison was the thing that was training him to prepare to be that man that he needed to be in the palace. I don't believe Joseph could have successfully moved around and and uh, was successful in doing his duties in the palace if he had started in the palace first. Yeah, and I think there's no way you can prepare to be a savior of a people on your own. I mean, so he had to endure, right? I mean, uh, he had to go through those t- those trials and those tests, I, I guess. And I mean, with the with the closer look at Joseph's life, we can we can really just uh, really take down all the details and really study them, and and they would have strength in us, and and it could minister to us. However, we don't have that kind of no. time. But the the bottom line is, what he endured was the thing that prepared us. Somebody ought to hear that. Is that whatever you're going through, most likely. It could be at a negative happening right now. It is preparing you for something else. I know that's a hard thing to take. It's a hard thing for me to process, as it were. But there is a secret to God's greatness and what he's doing in us. So I want to focus on that for, for the remainder of my time. So we know the story. We know what happened to him, the pit, the prison, the palace. Uh, But I want to talk about the secrets of his greatness that got him that kept his mind and his heart uh, un, uh, I would say, protected against all of the darts from the enemy that sure. surely would come in negative times. So his secret to greatness, number one, was that Joseph was faithful throughout all of his adverse times. In Egypt, Joseph threw himself with goodwill into his duties as a slave. He had wept and pleaded, obviously, when his brothers, when they were trying to sell him, uh, uh, when they threw him in the pit. But once he was taken away, we see no evidence. The Bible doesn't tell us any evidence of his murmuring or complaining about his plight. So therefore, his confidence in God and his his promises evidently made him willing to commit his way unto the Lord. In other words, he was stripped down that sometimes – when that happens, we have nothing else but to look to God. 
Wow. And to be content with what you have, even though it may not be what you want. That's exactly right. But in the end, it helps us to look at the only real source of strength in our negative times. That's It's hard for us to accept circumstances that we cannot change. Do you think that, you know, I think that makes you more grateful when you achieve too. I mean, because you really, when you come out of something and you know what you've done, it really makes you appreciate. Yes. And I think. You can only appreciate it only at the end. Yes. You can't appreciate it yes. when it's happening. It's like the marathon. I mean, you don't That's celebrate right. until you cross the line, right? That's not, yeah. You So when you cross the line, all the miles that you ran come home. And that's why they it's do. an emotional thing. Yeah. Right? I, I would say that when we find ourselves cut off from our hopes and dreams as Joseph was, we can still look ahead and believe that God is still on the throne. So I could spend a lot of time here, but when God began to deal with Joseph, we don't just see one test, but we see it, we see it seemingly test after test. And the tests themselves are not the most important facts in Joseph's life. Many people want to stay there and focus on, oh, my Lord, what he had to do with regards to the pit, which was bad. Sure. What he had to endure in the prison, which was also bad, and another level of bad. But if we look at the course of his life, and we have that ability to do so, the times in the pit and the prison were only around a third of his life. And he lived according to what his dreams were the rest of his life. So in other words, they were bad and they were impactful in a negative way overall during that time. But it was only for a short time, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And so after, and again, I'm skipping around, but after some time in prison, he had still probably dreams that tried to counteract his major dream. And Joseph thought it just might be God's way to set him free when, when the door opened up with regards to the, to the butler and the baker. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know that story. I don't want to go into that too much. I, I, I could. Quick, I really could. <laughs> quick version. But betrayed it, again. Betrayed again. Yep. And so – who knows what he was thinking, but I, I got to move on to the second secret there. So first off, stay faithful in your adverse condition. The second secret was Joseph gave honor to God for all the all the things that he went through. And so after 13 years of discipline and training, which is about what we posit, what was the length of that, God finally brought Joseph to the place he could exalt him. And to accomplish his will in Joseph's life and also in the family of Jacob, God gave Pharaoh two dreams. And, and notice, these two dreams were the one that became the onus and escape for him. So it was the dream that got him in the pit, mm-hmm. but it was also a dream that got him out of the prison. Yeah. So instead, he gave... Without going into all of that detail, he gave all the glory to God and expressed confidence that God would give him the interpretation and meet whatever the need might be. And so he raised his hand and and began to tell about what was going to happen in Egypt with regards to the seven fat kind and the seven skinny kind. Kind is cattle, by the way. And so he was telling them that it's going to be seven years of blessing, 
gather all you can and be prepared for the famine that was coming another seven years. And that seven years of gathering not only helped and sustained Egypt, but it also became the sustainer to all the surrounding countries. Another reason, I think we referenced uh, Egypt with regards to Moses a couple podcasts Mm -hmm. back. Again, one more way that Egypt was the top of the food chain with regards to empires in this time frame. You know, it's it's one of those moments where I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. You know, Pharaoh's sure. not sleeping. He's having these dreams. He calls all of his weird witchcraft people together, and they're all just dumbfounded. And somebody goes, hey, what about this guy we got in the prison? And he walks in and goes, oh, yeah, your dream means this. He, he almost had probably <laughs> that, I, I, I should have had a V8 moment where he yeah, has the yes. hand to the head. <laughs> yeah. He says, oh, oh, my goodness. A couple years back, there was a guy. He's in the prison, and uh, man, he interpreted dreams. And and Joseph uh, walks right in and just—I mean, in my mind, he, he hears a dream and he immediately goes, "Oh yeah, it's this." And he came out of prison <laughs> looking pretty haggard. I'm sure. Yeah, very. Some people are willing to yield to the spirit only in ways to pleasing them. So while I'm telling all this, and and when we. Look at over the story of of Joseph's life. Nobody wants to celebrate their time in the pit or the prison. Right. But if we can just look towards the palace experience and believe that there is going to be something like that at the end of the dream. Now, I don't want to paint a picture that everybody. I'm not preaching prosperity doctrine. I'm not. I'm not preaching that. You're going to go through hard times. That's not what we're saying. But what we're saying is that if you would stay with the purpose and the promise of your life, and still trust God, God will bring it the good to pass. So the third secret is that Joseph chose the path of brotherly love rather than vengeance in his dealing with his brothers. And so Boy, that's tough. When he became. Um, the second in command of all of the of the nation of Egypt and the empire of Egypt, we know the story how that his brethren that were in uh, modern day Israel at that time had to come down and get food. And of course, we know the story. Joseph recognized them all right <laughs> off the bat because he probably had uh, uh, all his Egyptian regalia, and they just looked probably the same. Well, and I'm sure he remembered every inch of it, their face. Uh, absolutely, and it, it's it's a good thing that Steve, this Steve, is not Joseph in this moment or this one. I would say wipe them out. Yeah, he and, had every reason in the world, you know. But he did not. He, he chose not. brotherly love. Now, he didn't mess with them a little, which he did. You know, he played a game with them. But he did. It, but I think it was more. And again, we could get into that. I think it was more to testing on where they were at. Did they get rid of all of that, that goofy junk. mess yeah. of 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 envy and jealousy that they had, which caused them to toss him in the pit, anyways? Uh, so I think he was obviously measuring what their intentions were, but. In the end, I want to focus on our last few moments of this podcast. I I want to just say that how exceptional was Joseph when he decided instead of vengeance and that he would turn it all into a love, a love so much that it would benefit someone else. So he didn't take time and think about the pit and the prison so that he can go ahead and, and pay them back for that. But if, in fact, in Genesis chapter 50, it references after he revealed himself, you 
meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Mm. And he embraced what God had given them at that point. And that is a salient, important part. Not only did he look towards this experience in the palace, and he didn't know he would end up in the palace, but he just believed God. But when he was there, even while he was in the palace, he didn't begin to say, well, I earned that. No, he began to process, remember the process, what God did to get him there. So in other words, many of us forget about how we got to our places of, of yeah, blessing. That's true. And we think our own hand brought it. Not Joseph. He said, you meant it for evil, but God. And he, and he recognized his part of being able to be the catalyst of survival for the seed of Abraham and to the 12 tribes of Israel, which became, obviously, the nation of Israel later on. And so all of this, he could have been waiting for the time of vengeance, but he gave them an opportunity to ask for forgiveness. And all because one man, and his dream came true, they did give obeisance. They did bow to him. They... But he didn't focus on that. Yeah. He focused on it as a kid, obviously. Sure. But he didn't focus. He focused on that God had a process and a purpose for my life, and here I am. And I just want to tell somebody, I don't care where you're at, I don't care what's going on in your life, if you'll trust in the Lord, or at least try God instead of try something else. Believe that God does have your best intentions at heart. Putting your life into his hands, he won't fail us. He'll bring us to a palace experience. What a great story. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. That is a good one. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have for this study today. I pray that this was a blessing for you and that you will join us as we continue to study God's Word. Please follow us on our various platforms so you don't miss an, an episode of this Uh, Until next time, goodbye, and thanks for listening.